Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Diz, a show that gives you everything you need to know to help make your Disney vacation as magical as can be in just about 20 minutes. I'm your host, Jeff Coviello. With me each week is Disney Master Sandy from Easy Diz by Instant Impressions Travel Services. Sandy, how are you doing this week? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm, I'm really excited to hear uh, your view on tonight's show. Tonight is, is all about an experience that I know very, very little about. It's a tour that you took. Uh, it's the Up Close with Rhinos tour. And I'm really just excited to hear how awesome it was and to, to learn about it because it's brand new to me. It, it was awesome. I got to touch a rhino. <laughs> which is which is exactly what it says it is, right? Up this close. huge, you are up close with this big, gigantic animal who's just so docile and you get to like pet him almost like you're petting a dog. And no haters here. I'm not an animal lover. I'm certainly not an animal hater, but I don't know if it wasn't for the podcast if I would have done this tour. But I would do it again once a week. It was so awesome. Well, I'm glad you did take the time to do it, and I'm glad you're going to share with us tonight what it was all about. So let's start with the basics. Tell us everything you need to know as far as you know when we book it, how many people, etc. It is hard to book. I've actually been trying to do this tour for almost a year because I thought it would be a great one for our listeners to hear about. It happens once a day, 11 a.m. daily, but it's just 14 people. So imagine your own travel group. That might be two families. It might be one extended family. This isn't hundreds of people. So, you know, probably... More people ride Small World in a day that get than get to do this tour in two years. That's that's so, crazy. <laughs> but super small number. But don't give up. People do make reservations and cancel. It happens. Um, sixty days in advance. And if again, if you're an on-site guest, you get that sixty plus bonus ten that we talked about. You can book for up to ten nights of your stay. Um, and in the theme of 60, it is a 60-minute tour, $45 per person, regardless of age. And it is rain or shine. And unlike one of my other Animal Kingdom tours that I shared with all of you, thankfully, this was not a rain tour. This was a beautiful sunshine day. <laughs> well, let's. you mentioned Animal Kingdom. So let's, let's clear up any possible confusion going in because we've had tours in multiple spots this is at Animal Kingdom theme park. This is in the theme park. It is admission required. Great point, Jeff. All right. So rain or shine, real quick question about the rain or shine. What kind of, I guess, vehicle are you in? Is it something with the cover? If it, if it is raining, you didn't catch rain on your day, but is that something that you are at least partially sheltered from if it does happen? Yes, but that's not going to be your biggest issue because you're going to wait outside for the tour to start got it then you're going to walk backstage to your vehicle that will be nicely covered you're going to take a short drive and then you're going to be outside for the tour okay so So yes you'll be dry in the vehicle (laughs) but that's probably only about 10 to 15 percent of the time for the tour so definitely ponchos or umbrellas if the weather is not on your side. Okay, so you gave us you gave us a little bit about what that is, but give us some like some very specific details because I know whenever I talk to folks that that have listened to some of these shows about the tours, they love the the very specific details. Like you're going to start at this particular checkpoint and then you're going to go there. So give us as much detail as you can about the day of when you took the tour. 
love to. You're going to start at the Curiosity Animal Tours kiosk, which you may or may not notice, depending what time you go to do the regular safari for guests, it's the very last counter that you get to before the safari entrance. And if they're done for the day, it's zipped up tight. You don't even realize there's a desk behind there. Mm -hmm. Check in at the desk. It is Disney. Sign your life away on their two-page <laughs> waiver. Sure. That's where they're also going to remind you that there's no food, no drinks, no bathroom. So they do ask you to get there a few minutes early. Then they encourage you to go find a bathroom because you won't have access to one for about an hour. Everybody's going to get a name tag. And then you will head backstage to board that bus that we were just talking about. So good news. Very cool. You are backstage um, in one direction. I saw some of the Harambe dancers in the other direction. I saw one of the Lion King, Festival of the Lion King performers. So super cool. Not super cool. You are backstage, so no cameras. You'll see we have very limited photos this week. Sure. Because as cool as it was, no pictures are taking. Makes sense. Don't want to spoil the magic for everybody. Correct. I really think that this tour is great for, obviously, people who love animals. But it's also... For those of you who are homeschoolers or looking to make sure that you have an educational component to your vacation, maybe you pulled the kids out of school for a day or two, this tour, more than any I think I've taken, was jam-packed with facts. I couldn't take notes quick enough, and I certainly wouldn't have been able to remember it all. <laughs> but I didn't feel like, you know, here I was, this reporter scribbling away. Our guide was Ashley. She was just a wealth of information and so personal, but also so passionate about what she did, which is what I have found with every one of those tour guides is that I think they'd work for free because they love the animals. They love imparting this education. And so when we hopped on the little bus that took us backstage, she was explaining different things that we were seeing and all different parts of the program, how she got involved in the program. We passed a big field that kind of looked like an empty nothing. I'll be very honest. <laughs> and she pointed out and said, over there on your left, and for those of you wondering, it'll be over there on your right coming back. Um, that is our browse field. And rhinos eat nine pounds a day of hay and browse which is a huge number, and it's why you do see some tractor trailers backstage and you're kind of wondering what's in there, is backup food supply. <laughs> but that massive field grows 84% of the hay that they use to take care of the rhinos. Wow. And that field, here's one for you. You ready? Yeah. The size of Magic Kingdom is the size of the field to grow the hay. Wow. So monstrous backstage areas. They do stretch out so, so far. Um, I do think, again, too, though, like this is, you know, something like that, that to you and I that spends as much time as we do talking about Disney World and going to Disney World, we sometimes take that for granted that folks understand that. Not everybody understands that, that this is, this is not a zoo, right? Adam, Disney's Animal Kingdom is not a traditional zoo in that sense, that something like that with all of that space to grow the food, to feed the animals, 
like this is this is all a part of that thought process to put this experience together for both the park visitor and for the animals. So that's a huge, huge amount of space. And I think it's really great to understand that that's how they're using it. It, it is. And to me, it's incredible that they are that sustainable. Yeah. So when you think of things like when we had COVID and it was hard to get supplies, they mostly had their own. Correct. But the other neat thing, and again, this just goes into the continual passion that you see. Um, Ashley was explaining to us that it's kind of a mix of five different types of hay and brows and leafy things. And it kind of, you know, they're not just going to have cornflakes. They're going to have this mix of food. <laughs> right. But that they know their animals well and they observe them and care for them so much that she was explaining that some of the animals can't have the mix of five. She's like, you know, kind of think of this. Not the same, but to give you an example, one of our animals is gluten-free, so he can only have four things in his mix. So it's literally not gluten. I don't want to mislead anybody. <laughs> but, you know... You do wonder, and maybe I guess as a parent myself, you're like, yeah, you know, kind of back when you had an infant and they couldn't share anything with you and you had to guess what was making them cry. Like, I said, how did you figure out that that was the thing that was making the rhino unhappy? I mean, look at the detail in the observation of this animal and the number of things that they had to try to figure out. It was this one part of their diet that's i think awesome. to me i mean that may be very common but to me that's really extraordinary well and it, it look you learn that from going on this experience that's not something you would learn if you hadn't got on the experience but in learning it it ripples the ripple of knowing that that is good what's going to be best for the animal puts the animal in a better spot and then it allows the visitors to see the animal in a, in a better temperament and have a better experience for them as well so it's a huge ripple effect i think that's really cool and again, it is about that education. So I could not have told you prior to this tour that there are five kinds of rhinos in the world. No, and I couldn't tell you that until you just said it. So that's, so that's There good. are just over 22,000 rhinos. So while that number may sound big, Disney has two of the kinds of rhinos, black rhinos and white rhinos. They do not have the Go, the Samaritan, or the Javan. And the reason is that those three kinds put together, there are only 500 of them left in the world. Oh, wow. So 22,400 rhinos in the world. For those of you not up on your math, that's 21,900 are black or white. And only 500 make up those other three species. Um, and again, I think that's what was so great about it is I'm a numbers person. So when I looked at it and I'm like, okay, so we've got five kinds of rhinos, but three of them make up like 2%, essentially a little bit more of the rhinos in the world. Three kinds put together make up 2%. Yeah. And so when they opened it to questions, like, tell me more about it. Tell me. You know, and again, 500 for three. One of the species, I think, was down to 70. Wow. And so as they were talking to us, they talked a lot about, again, they are part of the American Association of Zookeepers. 
So while they're not a zoo, they are so much more than a zoo. They are under the umbrella of the zookeepers. Sure. It allows them not only a governing body, but it allows them to participate in certain conservation programs and certain programs like they were explaining to us about different animals that they've traded with other zoos or bringing in a stud to help in one area. And again, our tour was a mix. We had one family that had a couple of kids. I would say we had four kids under age 12 on our tour and then the rest were adults. So I always love some of the questions that come from the kids and one of them, which certainly makes sense, they talk about breeding these animals to keep the species alive. And so they say, well, then what? Do they get released back into the wild? And the answer to that is no, because they're not prepared to be in the wild. Sure, they wouldn't survive, right? They would not survive. But they work with an awesome exchange program in Uganda where they're able to put some animals back out and then they work with savannas in South Africa. So they are in not what's considered a zoo, but large areas that have zookeepers that are recording things and watching for animals. It's close to a natural habitat, but with a little bit more supervision. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, And so, you know, they said, Some of these animals, when we talk about those three specific types of rhinos, we're going to see them extinct in our lifetimes. And that's kind of sad, especially when you think about all the care that goes into these animals and everything Disney and other zoos all around the world are doing. Um, But it brings you to an interesting point because now you've kind of been riding around backstage a little bit and again, I'm that geeky person that's really watching what we're doing. (laughs) Me too. And so (laughs) if you do the tour, look out the window, listen, but don't look at the person talking in the front of the truck. (laughs) Keep your eye on the sides. It's really amazing to watch their multi-gate system, how we have to pass through things that protects the animals. Not only don't they get out, but it means that Florida wildlife can't get in. And all the different animal houses, and I know I spoke in an earlier show that all of the animals have a house that they can live in. They are encouraged out onto the savanna, but the choice is theirs every day, whether they want to go out or not. For instance, I got to meet Dugan. Dugan is the stud of the family, as they like to tell us. And Dugan's getting pretty old, and he's pretty large, and he doesn't move so quick. They said, Dugan really only likes to go out maybe one day a week. Hmm. I think it's because he's happy that everyone pets him when he's backstage. <laughs> that may be it. Yeah. But very neat to watch. So now we get to the rhino home. We park our truck. Everybody hops out. We meet the rhino keepers. So again, rhino keepers, they're not general. We do everything, every bird or animal that we have in Animal Kingdom. <laughs> right, right. We are the rhino keepers. Um, we got to see a little bit of the inside of their house, which was neat. No surprise here. Rhinos are large animals. So they were showing us the pen system that they have for them, how the pens can be enlarged and made smaller, how the animals do have 
a pen that they like more than others, but how they rotate some of them for socialization. So they're not next to the same rhino every day when they come in. Pretty neat to kind of see some of that. And then to see the family tree that Dugan is part of. That's Um, that's awesome. (laughs) And, you know, as they're talking about it and bringing rhinos in, I'm just kind of picturing, you know, you're driving along the highway and you see the horse trailer. Can you imagine kind of looking over and there's this rhino with this big horn. <laughs> hey, um, that's what you're imagining. I'm literally imagining like the scene from the original Jurassic Park where the scientists come in and start petting the dinosaur. That's literally what <laughs> I'm seeing you doing with a rhinoceros there, that it's just this amazing creature that you would never think you would have been able to lay your hands on that suddenly you were. <laughs> yes. And again, done with such care for the rhino. Right, of course. That is one of the huge things there that the animals participate in their own care. They make their own choices. Like I said, do they want to go out on stage? Don't they want to go out on stage? Petting the rhino is not guaranteed because they're not going to force the rhino to be Sure, yeah, that makes sense. However, they may have some extra treats for him while he's being pet. They may have a special, an extra special treat that he gets at the end. I'm guessing Dugan's pretty smart. He's got this game down pat. He knows what he's getting. (laughs) Um, So just a neat opportunity. But again, the safety, when you think of the size of a rhino, even that zookeeper that's giving him his treats so that we can pet him, she's on the same side that we are. We are separated from him by a fence. So we're petting him in between the fence. Sure. Um, you know, you're not touching his horn. You know, it's it's no different than, I hate to compare them to a dog, but those of you know, you don't walk up to a dog and pull its tail or pull its ears. Right, right, right. They're not encouraging you to touch the horn and do things like that. They want you to get that experience because I have to say, he was little more leathery than I thought. Um, And it was interesting. You could touch him in several, you know, you kind of had that whole side at your disposal and you could move around and touch him for a minute or two. Um, What surprised me most, I think, is when I think of a human or a dog or a cat, you kind of, when you go to pet them, whatever their skin or their fur is, it is. You have that same tactile sensation. And in Dugan's case, based on how much they rub against trees and do different things, you know, you have an itch, you scratch it, and life goes on. In his case, sometimes it started to thin his skin. And in other spots, his his skin was thicker. So he didn't 100% feel the same everywhere, which I thought was really neat. That is cool. All right, listen, we're coming to the end of the program. I know there are a couple of things that you did want to mention before we took off for the day. So what else do we need to know? So with all of Disney's Animal Kingdom, and I should say animal, not strictly Animal Kingdom, animal programs, the money that you pay, that $45 fee, goes to different animal funds around the world. Disney, the cast members there vote on where it's going. It is not going in Disney's pocket They actually are running the program at a loss by having the cast there. That money is all donated to different programs. And because I became so enamored with the rhino, again, you got to touch him. It was so cool. (laughs) 
Um, one of the big fundraisers, if I've inspired you or you've always loved rhinos, the American Association of Zookeepers, once a year, and it's different dates in the depending where in the country you are, but they do a bowling for rhinos day. And it's kind of what it sounds like. It's a fundraiser <laughs> at a bowling alley and all of the funds go towards rhinoceros care and research. So just a fun way. If you can't get to Disney and you've been inspired by the rhinos, go to the aazk.org backslash bowling dash for dash rhinos. And I'll put that in the show notes as well. And maybe you can get on a bowling for rhinos team near you. Throughout my entire life, I've had people ask me, why do you keep going back to the same place for a vacation? At a certain point, haven't you done everything that they have to offer? And situations like this are just a clear example of, no, no, I, no, I have not. There, there are so many things that are tucked away into these theme parks, into these hotels, and it's a huge reason why we do the show that we do. I thank you for taking the opportunity to experience this, number one, and then number two, for just coming back and sharing what a dynamic experience it was. And I hope everybody that's listening that has a little bit of an interest in, in a situation like this takes advantage of it. Have a great week this week. You too. Thanks. And that's a wrap this week on Let's Talk Diz. If anyone you know could benefit from this or any show, please share on your Facebook and Instagram for other folks to enjoy. And don't forget to reach out to the people at Easy Diz by Innocent Impressions Travel Services for any Disney destination planning. Make it a great week. And as always, keep making memories. <laughs>